Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tribune Audio Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. A record crest coupled with a downtown Davenport flood wall breach. This flood of 2019 has lasted longer than any on the Mississippi. Is the worst now over? And what do we do as we wait for the river to eventually get back into its banks? Joining us is Denport Mayor Frank Klipsch and Dave Donovan, the director of Scott County's Emergency Management Agency. Thank you both for joining us right now. Can you give me an update? What are we expecting as we head into the weekend and into next week? Well, fortunately, um, I was on the line with the American, I mean, with the uh, National Weather Service and with Dave, of course, and uh, we're having a steady decline of the water of right. receding. Uh, any rain looks like it'll just slow that down but won't increase any higher water so we're very encouraged by that and that's a, a very good sign and we actually have some workshops in place now on recovery and how we can all come together to make sure everybody gets up and operational as quickly as possible. And Dave, are we in that mode right now? I mean, we're still obviously fighting the flood but are we moving closer to the area of, of recovery and moving on? Yeah, we're in that transition period I think now, Jim. Um, We've moved from response, obviously, um, you know, the, the height of the flood battle. We're looking at the river with a wary eye at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're moving towards recovery. We're doing planning now, working with our community partners. Um, we're obviously looking towards the state of Iowa, uh, as well as our federal partners at FEMA uh, for a potential presidential declaration. Uh, that paperwork's in right now. We're waiting on an answer on that. Now, when we're talking about the river and holding back on the uh, Iowa side, it's either levees or HESCO barriers, there's temporary walls, there's sandbags, there's permanent flood protection and all that. How long does that have to be monitored? Because let's be honest, I, I, I mean this in the only the nicest way, a tornado comes and it goes, a fire comes and it goes, a flood comes and it stays. Especially with this uh, particular event, I mean, we've been under water for some 45 plus days at this point. Uh, and so where we have, even where we have permanent flood protection, mm -hmm. for example, the, uh, the city of Bettendorf's uh, levee, their dike, um, it's, you know, it's susceptible. Uh, you know, we're not worried about it at this point, but the longer things stay underwater, we're seeing water incursion behind flood protection, both permanent and temporary. That is something we have never seen before. We've set the record by a long shot here, by a couple weeks. Uh, in terms of the, the amount of time that we've been up in major flood stages. So that's concerning. We're learning from that, obviously. We've begun to talk about that as we look at, uh, you know, temporary solutions or permanent solutions and things that we need to be cognizant of and aware of and plan for. Well, it obviously leads to what happened downtown Davenport with mm -hmm. the HESCO barriers. The uh, uh, HESCO said that they brought in a specialist to take a look, right, trying to right. figure out what exactly happened. The person that what came from HESCO believes that it may have percolated under the road. Somehow there was a failure beneath their barriers. And that's before that video from uh, Rome, the uh, surveillance mm -hmm. video shows right. it, it apparently coming over the top or at least breaking through the upper third of the HESCO barrier. Any idea right well, now? 
think, happen. you know, we have to realize this is kind of like we're in the fourth quarter of the big game. Absolutely. We need to finish the game before we really analyze it and go on to what we're going to do the next time. Uh, but, yeah, when you look at that video, it has a variety of things. There it creates a tremendous amount of, of pressure when that builds up like that underneath the ground. is so saturated. Did we have actually a collapse on the ground below it, a sewer mm -hmm. breakage? We hope not. But we're going to analyze all of that and then get the core involved as well as Dave. And I, I got to give Dave and, his, and the organization a shout out. I've been at the command center a lot during this time period. They do a phenomenal job. We had everybody that was in the room from the Corps of Engineers to FEMA to all the elected officials and police and fire. Everybody was there so we could make rapid decisions and did a great job, I think, doing that with all the people that we had involved in that process. When you did see that surveillance video, what was your first impression when you did see it? Well, the good news is, fortunately, we had been out and told people it was coming. I got them an hour notice. They were out moving cars before that even breached, but just to be safe. Um, again, that was a temporary protection. And I think it, it shows the importance of that pre-warning system that went in place, because the water rose pretty quickly right there, as it, as it equates itself always. Absolutely. Um, but again, it leaves what did happen there, and we're as anxious to find specifically about it. But that was just one small part. There was a lot of HESCO temporary and, and dikes along the other that all have been maintained. We're watching all of them now. And then again, as we're starting to think about positively about recovery and helping people, we've got some workshops going on with homeowners and businesses. How can we help them get ready for the recovery period? Overall, are you satisfied with how the HESCO barriers have worked? Because you, you've used them in Oh, how many floods now over it's the been last about decade? About 11 years, yeah, about about 11 years. Well, I think, yes, I mean, you know, we're going to learn from this. Um, any particular, this is, if it is some kind of a problem, it is one seam on a long stretch of HESCO barriers that were used in other parts of the community as well. East Village used HESCO barriers for the first time we had to use uh, temporary flood protection there. So I think uh, they've got a, tr a great record and uh, we're going to continue to obviously review it, but make sure going forward that we have uh, we've learned everything we can from this and make sure we're even better prepared in the future. You got some stinging criticism from the former Public Works Director who says that the wall should have been built higher, should have been reinforced in the back. I mean, is that 2020 hindsight or, or is that something that also has to be looked at? Well, we can call it a variety of different things, 2020 hindsight but or whatever it is, but this is for someone who wasn't on the ground here, didn't see the status being how it was set up, didn't see the hard work of all our public work staff come together, and kind of uh, from a distance looking out and seeing uh, an opinion that may not be fully fleshed out. So I think that's something, obviously, anything that we can take a look at, we're gonna examine, make sure that we uh, learn what we can from this incident, and then make sure in the future we can even be better prepared. And, and just to let everybody know, there's a lot of people talking about you should have a flood wall. Well, the reality of this, that'll be explored, but I think it's important to understand that if we had had a flood wall, Buffalo may not be in existence anymore. Uh, as it funnels the water down river, uh, I've had a number of mayors, I'm in that Mississippi River Cities and Towns group, 88 mayors, and I have a number of them called, thank God the way you handled it, because we might be totally in disaster for our entire community, because you dissipated a lot of water here. And uh, if the HESCO, that one area had been maintained, we'd be having a different discussion now. Well, Dave, I want to talk to you in just a second, but I want to follow up with the flood wall question, <laughs> sure. of course, because, I mean, when you're talking about flood wall for Davenport, you're not talking about just for the downtown area. This is something that has to stretch quite a ways. It had been studied in, I want to say, 2013, and I thought it was that the federal government would not help pay for it, but they would help pay to protect the Iowa American water plant. 
Well, and they did. Did and I? Am I misunderstanding? Well, again, this that was study? a little before my specific tenure, and I w will reach out to that. We'll include the Corps of Engineers in this. You know, I've had speculation of numbers of what it would cost between seventy-five to one hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, and as you mentioned, there was some discussion that the government would not pay for that. Um, that's all speculative at this point. Whatever that report showed, it's kind of a new era, and we're mm -hmm. going to look at it clearly. We're going to discuss what's happened, um, what they get their input, get the Corps of Engineers involved. They were on. They were calling us right from the beginning. Colonel Sadiger and Colonel Honard from the local uh, uh, Corps of Engineer office were calling us. How can we help? What can we do? We're going to discuss this and analyze it in depth, and then come up with a long-term strategy. Not only how it affects Davenport's, but it expects you know if we put up a wall, what does that even do to Rock Island and the Illinois side? Mm. Also, what does it do to everybody downriver as we move forward as well? And and a lot of the businesses have told me we love the riverfront. Ninety-eight percent percent of the time, it's fine. Even those that some have water in them now. So we want to get everybody involved, make a long-term decision that's best for the entire community. Dave, take me back to Tuesday because, I mean, w you know, we were live down there. We saw Damport firefighters, first responders, police. We saw neighbors helping other neighbors. Was there a plan for a possible breach? And if so, did it work? Because there were people that were rescued. There were no injuries. Um, you know, there's cars that are damaged. Of mm -hmm. course, businesses got swamped. People helped out with sandbags. It was really an amazing effort, no matter how right. you look at it. As an emergency um, management director, was this the way it was supposed to go? This was the way it was supposed to go. Um, we don't plan for specific incidents like that at a specific location, but we, what we plan for are concepts or functions. So firefighting is a function, search and rescue is a function. And so our search and rescue, water search and rescue in this case, um, was implemented. Davenport Fire, Chief Carlson and his uh, team was, were amazing. Uh, we almost immediately had support from the Coast Guard in that effort as well. Um, and I think it, you saw, as you said, neighbors helping neighbors, uh, people helping each other. Uh, Davenport had a, a, a warning, uh, you know, out already, just sort of preempting people and, and explaining to them that there could be a problem. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I was very pleased with how that all came together, the actual response itself. Um, you know, and then as the river uh, rose higher and higher, as the mayor said, our emergency operations center was in full speed ahead gear up there. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, uh, you know, as many as 50 or 60 people in that room uh, discussing decisions, talking about things like the wastewater treatment plant, talking about things like Iowa American Water right. and their flood protection system, working with the railroads uh, on when we were closing things, when things were happening, different triggers. Of course, the projections changed. Uh, Sunday into Monday and, and it, to the tune of over a foot. Dramatically so, changed, yeah, yes. Yeah, and so that was a challenge for us. Um, but again, everybody adapted to that and the city's plans, you know, they've got a very robust flood plan uh, that, and they had plans for dealing with just that uh, uh, instance. My focus keeps being on Davenport and that's, not, you know, that's not fair because it's more than Davenport and Scott County that's been sure. affected. You think of the people that were sandbagging in Buffalo in particular and, and, and just the fear and anxiety that you saw there. The mm -hmm. work that's being done at the uh, Garden Edition with uh, actually the National Guard coming in to help monitor some of these uh, flood protection walls. I mean, tell me about the other areas of Scott County. I mean, are there still serious threats right now? 
Um, I don't know about serious threats. The, the more that the river goes down, the further along we get without heavy rain, um, the better we begin to feel about it. We can't let our guard down at this point, but there have been heroic efforts up and down the river uh, from Princeton on the north end of Scott County all the way down to Buffalo on the southern end and, and all the spaces in between. Uh, City of Leclerc, unincorporated Scott County, Bettendorf was part of the flood fight, obviously Davenport. Uh, there are amazing stories. Uh, of, of heroism, and I do not use that term lightly, and I truly mean heroism. Uh, people that were on flood watch for two or three days on end. Uh, it's part of the reason why the National Guard was called in to help relieve some of those folks. But yeah, we're still concerned, obviously. We're, the ground's still saturated. We're still very susceptible and vulnerable at this point, and so we don't want to let that guard down. But every day that goes by with less rain is a, is a good day for us. I know it's, it sounds dumb to say this, but while you're you know, fighting a fire while you're trying to save your business or your home, you should also be keeping up on your bookkeeping. Correct. It sounds dumb, but can you please tell me what you want people to do in case they believe they're going to get any type of money back from the federal government, any type of flood protection? So I think the, the first thing I'll say is uh, private insurance always, that's where you start, right? Uh, FEMA will come in and they, they assume that there's some level of uh, personal uh, insurance, whether it's on a business or on a home. So that's where you start, but document. That's the best thing. Um, take photographs, uh, keep track of the amount of time that you spend, as well as any volunteer help you may have get, whether it's neighbors or your church group maybe that came out to help you do things. Document, document, document as, uh, to the greatest de degree as you can. Keep track of your receipts, uh, keep those in a safe place. But uh, photographs are very powerful evidence at this point. Uh, and it will remain to be seen whether or not we um, get that presidential declaration that we're striving for. Uh, that application has been submitted. We're hopeful at this point. Uh, and if so, we'll learn more about that. We've been in touch with uh, FEMA already. We've been in touch with our partners at the state of Iowa. And we're working towards that right now, trying to put together a plan for recovery, as the mayor said, that makes sense for all of us. It'll be, um, you know, it'll be countywide. It actually will be quad citywide in some uh, uh, respects because some of the organizations serve both Rock Island County and Scott County, and there are impacts with our neighbors uh, to the south or east, depending on how you're mm -hmm. looking at it. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we really need to move into recovery, but documentation is the key. Jim, can I mention one other thing? I, I think it's important also, uh, we were out on Friday with the governor who was here. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, we went well past. Uh, 280 bridge and had to get on fire boats to come back up the Mississippi to go to the water treatment plant and the staff there had been in the building since Monday they had been there they stayed an entire week rotating on shifts uh, because it's important you think about what happens if that plant goes the impacts on so many people and so many homes throughout the entire community so those guys also did heroic efforts but I can't there's so many people police and fire individuals that came together and we, we have to understand this was the most precipitation over the last year in the last 124 years in Iowa. And at the same time, we had droughts during that same period. Mm -hmm. So it's a crazy time. Whatever we want to call it, there are changes in our weather, and, uh, and we've got to be prepared for that, and that's part of what we'll do in the future as we look towards the future initiatives that we're going to have for the, not only the riverfront, but our entire community. And it's a problem that is not going away exactly. anytime soon. Exactly. And there's resources out there. Contact the city. Contact what? 
scottcountyema.com. Okay. Uh, we'll post it all to our website. We do have a donation center that will be opening up at the former Office Max space at North Park Mall. Uh, we'll also open up a disaster resource center once we find out what the scope and scale, whether or not FEMA is coming to town. We'll put try to put all of those resources in one place, make it as convenient as possible for everyone all throughout Scott County. Dave Donovan, Emergency Management Director, Mayor Frank Klipsch, thanks so much for joining us. We My do pleasure. appreciate Thank you, it, of course. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. Tribune Audio Network.